0: the sin, and there's a price every time someone sins, there's a price to be paid, but there's also forgiveness for that sin, and we're so thankful for that. And then uh, Wednesday night, Willis preached on the tabernacle and the need to have a place where we come into the presence of God, and God meets with us and talks with us, and he pointed out also during the Bible study that the tribes of Israel, as they were positioned around the tabernacle... It looked just like a cross. The tribes of Israel, even in the Old Testament, it, it, it worked out so nicely. All that is just a, a, a great introduction for the resurrection story. We all know it. You all know it. It really doesn't have a lot to do with Easter bunnies, does it? Not really. <laughs> uh, or, or even eggs. Although eggs, in a way, you know, a, a, a fertile egg, produces a a chick, and that chick becomes a chicken, and that chicken becomes, well, but it talks about new life. It really does. I'd like to talk to you today from uh, the book of Philippians chapter 3. If you have a Bible, we'll show it on screen a little bit later, but um, Philippians chapter 3 just puts your finger in there, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Before we read the scripture, I'd like to comment on what happened last Sunday at an event called the Augusta Masters Tournament. Anyone ever heard of that? It's a golf tournament, yeah, and uh, something quite remarkable happened. Um, In the year of 1997, a young, brash, maybe proudful (laughs) uh, young man burst into the scene In 1997, at age 21, and he won one of the most exclusive golf tournaments in the world, the Masters. At the age of 21, he won, uh, just coming right out of college, and he won the tournament. He set an all-time low score; it had been there for 50 years. And this one, this 21-year-old, shocked the world by not only winning the Masters, but he set the all-time low score. 1997, seems like it was just yesterday, but it was a little while back. Uh, his name was, of course, Tiger Woods. Tiger would go on to win uh, in 2001, 2002, and 2005. Uh, in 2005, he once again s- set the record as the lowest score. In fact, for a long time, that stood as the lowest score of all major tournaments, Whether it was a U.S. Open or British Open or the Players Championship, it was of the of the major tournaments. He had set that record in 19, I mean 2005. Well, after 2005, something happened. That same world famous man, and he was he was considered the most famous person in the world in 2005. There was no one living on the planet more known or recognizable than Tiger Woods. Everybody knew about Tiger Woods. Even non-golf people knew there was a Tiger Woods. And if you never played a game of golf or you never even liked it, if you'd say golf, they'd say Tiger Woods because it was synonymous. Well, and something happened. Um, this man who, who had what I would call nearly a cult following, wouldn't you? They would, they would come out. At one hole, there'd be maybe 10, 20, 30,000 people trying to follow him around a golf course. And it was just a commotion. It was like a herd of animals <laughs> in this cult following of Tiger Woods. He was so popular. Then, a sad journey took place in Tiger Woods' life. One of, um, he missed Misconduct uh, misfortune uh he he missed so many things in his life he uh messed up uh, he began to miss a lot of strokes he missed a lot of tournaments uh he had a broken marriage a broken family he had a he had a broken reputation he had a broken streak of winning he had Broken about everything in his life was broken. His body was broken. His back was nearly broken. His legs were nearly broken. His swing was broken. And uh, he was a broken man. It took years, years and years. As little as two years ago, the doctors said this man may never, ever play competitive golf again. In fact, they said he may never swing a club again. In fact, it got so bad, they, at one point they said he might not walk again. That's a long ways from the top of the world, isn't it, to where you hit rock bottom. And then last Sunday, hmm, well, last Sunday, hmm, Tiger Woods perhaps accomplished the greatest comeback in sports history by winning the Masters tournament after after a layoff of 14 years. Most people didn't think he'd make the cut. <laughs> no one really thought he'd win it. They thought he might, if he's really had a good day, he, he'd make the cut, and maybe finish near the top, but not at the top. But he won. In dramatic fashion, he he came from behind of all things and won. With the crowd going crazy, sinks a long putt, and the, not too long, but long enough that the crowd just went ballistic. And, and the TV and newspaper people were saying things like, um, uh, the greatest comeback, um, he, he, uh, this was a miracle, and, and Jim Nance said something I thought was very interesting. Jim Nance, who was the, the commentator for the Masters on television, of course, and he said, this is like the resurrection of Tiger Woods. I heard that. I went, bing, bing, bing. <laughs> the resurrection of Tiger Woods. In a way, it was. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, the man was n- nearly gone. The man was broken. The man had messed up. Now he wins probably the most prestigious golf tournament in the world. And by the way, he won $2.1 million by doing it, which isn't too bad for three days' work. Um. Today we're celebrating something so so much greater, so much more impactful in our lives. Tens, even hundreds of millions of people around the world, some already have done it, some are doing it now, some will do it later, will be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. With profound celebration, proclamation, singing, and the kids will be singing, and the adults will be singing, the bells will be ringing, everything will be happening because of resurrection. We celebrate it, amen? It's a reason to celebrate. Usually, it's the one time of the year we kind of dress up a little bit. I I, I don the jacket. That's about as much dressed up as I do anymore. Unless one of you dies, then I'll wear a tie. Uh, But other than that, (laughs) or maybe a a wedding. we we put. But we're more of a casual society than we used to be. But on Easter, you kind of want to Put on a jacket or a new dress or at least some new socks or something because you're celebrating the greatest day in all of mankind history in the person of Jesus Christ. We call it Easter. It's the resurrection. Amen? It is, it is. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 11. We're going to have that up on the screen. Would you stand with me as we read this? Uh, I'd, I'd like you to stand for the word of God. And I'm just going to read over here. For you read all the verses, this is our text for today. I once thought these things were valuable. This is Paul speaking. He had just testified about being well-educated. Uh, he had degrees, and he had uh, diplomas, and he had, he had famous people in his life. He was doing one of the most important jobs a Sanhedrin could do. So he said, I once thought these things were valuable, but now... I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Hallelujah. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counted it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer, I no longer count on my own righteousness Uh, through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Let's pray together. Lord, Lord. As we read these scriptures from the great brother Paul, our hearts say amen. Our lives say let it be. Oh God, bless your word to our hearts. I I pray that we might learn something today, that we might grow today. There might be an encounter today, that it won't be just a sermon or something that sounds good, but Lord, it would be the living words of God. God speaking to us today. Let it flow in us, through us. Let it flow out of us. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I tell you, neighbor you love him. Would you please tell me you love him? Then you may be seated. I love you, neighbor. Amen. All right, I get the pulpit at 5.00. Minutes till the half hour. It's uh, 1125. I only have 80, 90, 100 pages. No, I don't have that many notes. I want to speak to you from my heart, out of my conviction. May I just do that? I, I like homiletical sermons. I like exegi- exegizing scriptures. It's, it's just a, a thrill for me. But I really love to speak out of my heart as God has spoken to me, and I do my best to relay it to you, what God is saying for us on this Easter. I'm privileged to have this opportunity to speak from the pulpit, and I count it a a, a great honor, and I'm humbled uh, to be able to speak to you. Um, Paul starts this whole thing out in the scripture we just read about saying, you know, I used to be important. And he admits it. I, I, I had more education than any of you. I have worked harder for the Sanhedrin than any of you. Uh, I have worked for the Pharisees. I have worked for the Sadducees. I have worked for the government. Uh, he was an extre- extremely powerful individual. He would be at least comparable to the, like the Secretary of State in the United States. He was a powerful man. Educated. Everybody thought Paul was it. He was the rising star. No doubt about it. Paul was the rising star of the... Uh, Jewish order of Sanhedrin. Then, one day, it would all change when he fell to his knees at the feet of Jesus, and he said, maybe he sang it, I surrender all. I give up. You're bigger than I am. Your plan is higher than my plans. Your ways are greater than my ways. I give up. You are God of God, Lord of Lords, it was Jesus, and his life changed. Now, a short time later, in the book of Philippians, he says, everything that I once thought was important is no longer important. Everything that I valued as really cool is no longer cool. I wonder if Paul said cool. No. He said, I have no more value on the things that I have obtained. Now, was he against us getting more education? No. Was he against this, moving up the ladder, so to speak? No. Did he say, keep yourself down in life? So, no. He just said, now I put all that into perspective. That doesn't mean much. He had more diplomas than probably anyone sitting in this room. He had sat under the feet of Gamaliel, the greatest teacher of that time, of that century. He was just something special. Now he says, I don't think it's that important. I'm not that enthralled in myself. He said, the one thing I want, I, I want Jesus. He says, I want to not only know Jesus, I want to understand Jesus. I want to proclaim Jesus. And he said, I also want to proclaim his resurrection. Then he said something really, I think, miraculous. I would have never thought of it, but he said, I'd like to understand the power and I'd like to have that power that it took to resurrect Jesus. You see, we accept the fact that Jesus was resurrected. Well, the power that it took to resurrect Jesus is what Paul said. I really, really want that. His resurrection, his Easter, the power of the resurrection. Well, <clears throat> I'd like to talk to you about the authentication of, of Easter, how authentic it is in, in the sense that it, it, it is... Um, an attestation, it is a, a perfection, it is a testimony, it is a, a, a sign, and it is the seal of everything we believe. It is the testimony and all attestation of, of everything we believe. It is what we are, the resurrection. In the Oval Office, in the White House, uh, near where the president sits at that big desk in Washington, D.C., there's a big seal on the wall. You've seen it before, haven't you? They call it the presidential seal. Big thing like this. I've never been in the Oval Office. I've been in the White House, but never in the Oval Office. Uh, But I've seen on TV. That that seal in his office says, whoever the man or the woman sitting behind that desk is, that seal says they have power. They have the power. That seal says that's what they are. This is the President of the United States that's the seal. It has nothing to do, really, whether we like a person or not, whether we voted for a person or not, whether they're Republican, Democrat, Independent, uh, or, or from Ohio. It, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> we, we just recognize the fact that seal says they're the president. Amen? You get it. The resurrection says about you and me, Christianity is not based upon the fact that I'm a perfect Christian and you're a perfect Christian. That you've never done anything wrong. I've never done anything wrong. It's based upon a seal. And the seal is not the presidential seal. But it's the the cross. And it's an empty tomb. It's the resurrection. It's Easter. Easter declares everything Jesus said is true. Everything that Jesus promised will happen. Everything that Jesus is, is happening now. He is coming again. Jesus said it over and over. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And you don't have to believe that because I said it. But the resurrection says, that's the seal. That's the truth. You say, but I'm not ready for him to come back because I've got a lot of stuff I want to do. What if Jesus came today, this afternoon? Personally, from where I live, I'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a Beatles song, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I want him to come back. But some people say, no, 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 I've got too many things to do. And others would say, ooh, i got some stuff in my life. If he comes back, ah, uh, yeah, 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 what am I going to do? Uh, <laughs> That's why we have church. That's why we come to church. We respect the seal, don't we? We respect the grave. But we respect more the empty tomb. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. He's on the right hand of the Father. He is the resurrection. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Everything he said to you and me is true. It's true. Do you remember when the Pharisees were asking Jesus one day, they said, uh, uh, Jesus had healed someone, and they said, "Uh, Jesus, tell me, um, what's the sign of the Messiah? And Jesus turned to him and said some pretty amazing things. He said, first of all, no sign will be given to unbelievers and faithless people. Hmm. But a sign of of the prophet Jonah, where he was in the heart of the earth, or in the belly of a great fish, for three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man come, and uh, he shall be resurrected from the dead. So Jesus had proclaimed, as Jonah was in the, in the belly of a, the earth, or in the belly of a fish, for three days, three nights, so the Son of Man would go to the earth, he would die three days, three nights, and then he'd come back to life. And the proof of it was the resurrection. Well, they went quiet. They didn't know what to do with it. But Jesus said something important to us. The seal, the authenticity of of our faith is the resurrection. The sign of things to come is the resurrection. Everything we have. Is resurrection now? I, I happen to like Christmas. I think Christmas is a, a nice holiday. It'd really be nicer if we didn't have to buy presents, but, but that's beside the point. <laughs> without all the without all the hoopla of, of presents and lights and you know, Christmas would be a nice holiday, wouldn't it? But I'll tell you what, Easter and Christmas compared, it's not even close. Easter's nice because that's when Jesus came. Eh, Amen. But Easter is fantastic. What did I say? I said that backwards. Christmas is nice. And that's nice. But Easter is fantastic. That's when Jesus died. Was in the grave. And rose from the dead. And proclaimed everything that he talked to be true forever and ever and ever. What a wonderful day. You know, um, it took... A lot of power to get Jesus out of that grave. It really did. And Paul caught that and he said, I want that power. I would love to have that in my ministry, in my life. When I laid hands on people, I'd love to have the power of Jesus in me so I could lay hands upon them that the sick might recover, that the blind would see, that really, really poor people could have enough to live on that I could see miracles happen all around me because of that power. I know that power is real because it raised Jesus from the dead. I was thinking as I was putting this together about smart people in in the world today. How many here agree there's a lot of smart people on the earth today? Yeah, there really are. Uh, I was thinking, let's get, if we had the power to do this, get every scientist who's ever lived, say, in the last, oh, 3,000 years every scientist, line them up, and then get every mathematician who is brilliant, line them up, and then let's get every architectural genius and every uh, mathematician, I've always said that, and every, every person who solves problems, all the smartest people, scientists especially, get them all in a giant place, and maybe they'd be a million strong and the finest Einstein's and all those kinds of minds, put them all together and say, now here's your job, guys, here's your job, I want you to make a planet, and then after you get the planet done, I want you to make a star to go with it, and then after you get that star done, I want you to make a nice solar system, let's say nine or ten planets to go in that, then after you get that done, why don't you make a nice galaxy, and then that's your job, Could all the scientists and all the mathematicians and all the brilliant minds and all the greatest thinkers ever accomplish even the first step? Not even close. You all know that. It took a power greater than our minds, greater than our ability, greater than our understanding to create something as wonderful as this world we live in. That same power is the same power of the resurrection. The resurrection power is that kind of power that created the earth. And made things as we know them today. I'm so glad for that. Jesus said something remarkable. He said, I have the power to lay down my life. And he said, I have the power to raise it up again. He said that in John 10. I have the power to lay down my life and raise it up again. Now, could a mere man say that? Could a mere person? I don't think so. I don't know about you, but one of the things in my life that I, and I think I represent mankind thinking about this, is there's nothing that leaves me more helpless or leaves you more helpless than thinking about one day, this body's going to die. Even atheists believe the body's going to die, don't they? One day, the heart stops beating, the brain starts firing off its electrodes, and um, we die. I hope that doesn't make you too sad. And all of a sudden, I think i I thought, oh no, that's one of my old sermons on, on a funeral note. Sorry. But even atheists believe we're going to die, don't they? And there's nothing more troubling for most of us than to think this that I have now isn't going to last maybe but 100 years. And then it's gone. Um, the mind one day will go. That's scary. The brain will be dissolved. That's scary. Our skin will fall off our bones. The muscles will deteriorate. And we'll return to earth. Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We return. There's nothing more frightening than that to a human. And Jesus said, I have the power to overcome that. And he said, if you believe in me, I'll give you the same power. You'll have the power to overcome fear of death, of losing your mind, if you haven't lost it. And, and, and then he says, then you'll have eternal life and eternal hope. And you can go on with your life forever if you just trust in me. And Paul said, I want that. I want that. I want that resurrection power. I want to know that I'll live forever. Even though this body dies And then Jesus went on to say, There will be a day coming where you who were dead in in me will rise up first, and those who remain on the earth will be caught up into heaven with him, and we all will be joined together, and there'll be a new Jerusalem, a new bride, a new place. We call it heaven, where we live forever and ever and ever. And those who have gone before us, they live forever and ever. In the Old Testament, Things happen to people that cause fear. Carried over into the New Testament, Jesus came and said, I'm taking that fear away. Have you ever feared what it would be like to be burned like so many were in the early church? It's been recorded that over 2.5 million men, women, and children have been burned alive for the gospel read Fox's Book of Martyrs, they'll spell it out. And what was the traditional thing they would do was they would take people and put tar all over their bodies and set them afire. Now you say, what a horrible thing to say, Pastor. But many times as you read the Fox's Book of Martyrs, they'll record the scene. They said you could not hear the screaming. You heard people praising You heard people proclaiming that Jesus is Lord because they know, though the body be burned, though my body perish, I have life, and I have life everlasting. The Romans used to laugh at them and say, oh, now you're the light of the world. Ha, ha, ha. And they'd mock them and laugh at them because they set them on fire. Paul said, I want the power of the resurrection. So no matter what I face in life, I know Christ is my Redeemer. I know He lives, and I have that power in me. It's available. It's available. Oh, we're here to celebrate it. I don't get it. Why do so many people in our land today reject Christ? Why do they re- reject the resurrection? Why do they reject eternal things? They think that the 90 years, the 100 years they have on this earth is what it's all about. I don't. I don't think for a minute that this is it. There's life yet to come. Jesus said, I have the power to raise up my life and lay it down. And he says, you trust me, I'll give it to you. I'll give you that power. We're not afraid, are we Christians? We're ready. Well, the tremendous power of the resurrection is something we all marvel at. Um, in the Bible, there's a word where they say... Uh, redeemed by, or declared by. And the word for it is horizon in the Greek. And horizon is the word where we get horizon. And what it means, it's the place where you look out and you see the sky touching the earth. And that spot where they two touch is called horizon. Horizon. It's proof that there is a sky. It's proof that there is an earth. Horizon. And when it's talking about Jesus and his resurrection, the word horizon was used numerous times. That he is the way, the truth, the life. He is the resurrection. He is the horizon. You say, what does that mean? That means that earth touching the sky. And the sky touching the earth is called horizon. And Jesus, and Jesus touching our lives. And our lives touching his life. Is the horizon. It is that point. And the next time you're outside and you can see the horizon, <clears throat> I want you to think about the sky touching the earth and the earth touching the sky. And you think about Jesus being right there in the horizon. He's right there. That is the proof. That is the evidence. That is the authentication of the fact that he is the resurrected one. Well, it's, we're in that time of year where the solace or the, the, the rotation of the earth around the sun is in what we call spring. We have spring because we're closer, we're closer to the earth this time of the year, and the axis of the earth is tilted just a little more, so we in the northern hemisphere have summer. And uh, <clears throat> at this time, things begin to happen. You look at the sun, and the sun begins to call forth the seeds. Sun calls forth dead trees, doesn't it? Those trees that have been frozen, plants that have been frozen in your yard, your rose plants, your different plants—they they were basically dead, weren't they? For several months. In Michigan, it's half a year. But <clears throat> they've been frozen a long time. And then as the sun, as the sun begins to pass over them, they awaken. And you see those sprouts beginning to move up. It's almost like their hands are raising up, doesn't it? Have you ever watched these, these photo things where they speed it up? And you see them, their little plants go like that. It's almost like, the praise the Lord, the sun is out, hallelujah. We were dead, and now we're alive. We were dead, we're now alive. And spring is such a wonderful time to see death change to life. And it's resurrected for us. I love it. I love it so much that it's my favorite time of the year. The heart of the earth comes and smiles at his appearing. The very seed is lay, that lay dead and dormant. In the ground now, is warm and full of glory and productive. And given a little more time, it then begins to produce its fruit, its flower, its testimony. Reminds me of you. Reminds me of me. I was dead, but now I am found. I was dead to my sins, but Jesus the Son, S-O-N, because of the resurrection, has saved me. And changed my life forever and ever. I'm going to just move on here because there's some neat points of it. Um, The resurrection brings comfort to me. And it should bring comfort to all of us. That there's life beyond this life. There's healing beyond your sickness. There's gain beyond your poverty. There's hope beyond your dark days. That God has everything under control. That God will take care of you. That God will love you. That God will be the God of your life. I don't care what the world says. Uh, My wife was reading to me recently that in the state of California, they're making it possibly a legal, a legal um, what do I want to call it? Uh, criminal thing. If you, if you share with somebody who is of an alternate lifestyle that they can change through the power of Jesus Christ, if you witness to them, you might go to jail. And I believe it's already past the house. They're just waiting for the governor to say, okay. So if I'm counseling somebody and say, I'm trapped in my body, I don't know if I'm a girl or a guy. I, I don't know if I like girls or guys and so forth and so on. And you say, well, Jesus can help you get out of this. You'd go to jail for saying, but Jesus could help you. Isn't that sad? See, the world is so messed up right now. And if you try to judge your life by the world, you are in so much confusion and trouble. I don't know how young people make it today. They go to school and hear one thing. They come to church and hear something totally different. You go to work, and people are speculating. Why? There's just all kinds of theories out there and so forth. What has stood the test is the Bible. What has stood the test is the resurrection. What has stood the test is the church of Jesus Christ. We must stand firm. We must be firm. We have a hope that goes beyond. I'm going to say it. I know it's going to sound egotistical. It's going to sound like I'm a... um, I'm a bad person the world would say i am but only those who believe on the lord jesus christ shall enter into the gates of heaven there is no other name no other way there's no other no other power that can get you into heaven and you say well that's not fair that's because the world has made its own rules and so if you don't follow the world's rules then uh, you're a bad person I'm gonna follow the rules of this book. I'm gonna believe in the resurrection. You're gonna believe in it. It is the only hope. It is the only way. <sighs> Finally, my last page. The question is do you have Christ? And do you have his resurrection power? Do you understand that you will not live forever? Do you understand that there is no there's no possibility for you to have a happy life outside of Christ? It might seem happy, but one day it's gone. One day you're old. One day the money's spent. One day the car breaks down. One day the house needs total repaired. One day things pass away, and what do you have left? The resurrection of Jesus Christ is something that stands forever. Would you stand with me, please? Let's stand. God is good. I'm impassioned about the resurrection. I'm impassioned about Jesus Christ. I know I'm not the most popular person in, in uh, Oakland County. And you folks that believe like me, you're not very popular either. Because there's, there's a, a popularity, popularity uh, um, club where you do everything like the world says, and then you can be okay. Well, I want to be okay with the Bible, don't you? I want to be okay with the resurrection. Today is an awesome opportunity for every one of us to make a pledge before the Lord to say, here's my life. I'm going to invest it in in the resurrection. I'm going to invest it in the reality of the Bible. You ask me, Pastor, do you really believe miracles are for today? And the answer is, yeah. Pastor, do you believe that A person can be changed? The answer is, yeah. Pastor, do you believe there's still sin in the world? The answer is yes. Pastor, do you believe there's a tabernacle where God dwells? And the answer is yes. Yes. It's real. Oh, dear, dear person here today, please consider, please consider your stand with God. Are you strong enough to stand when the winds of life come? Are you strong enough to stand when your body begins to fall apart? When your finances fall apart or a marriage falls apart or a job falls apart? Are you strong enough? I would say you're not. I know I'm not. But in Christ, in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, I can go through anything. You can go through anything. You can make it you will make it. You will be victorious. And on top of that, there's a heaven waiting for you and waiting for me. A glorious place where we live forever and ever and ever. Just by coming to Him, would you bow with me in prayer, Lord Jesus? Humbly, we lay our lives before you. Oh God, you are the God of all creation. Lord, that creative power that made the trees and the mountains and the oceans and the valleys and all the animals and all of mankind is the same power of today. And, oh, God, thank you so much for the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Mm. Oh, God, thank you so much. I pray that resurrection power would happen right now. Right now, Lord, send your power into this room. Send your power into this room. We want a real experience with you. Oh, God. In faith, we believe that you're doing it right now. Lord, for my my precious brother that's here, my precious sister, for these younger, seeking people, for these older, established, all of us stand before you saying, we want What Paul wanted, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. That I might know him and the power of his resurrection. On this Easter Sunday, I call for people to be saved. I call for people to be rescued. I call for people to come to the Lord. In Jesus' name. While your heads are bowed, eyes are closed. It's one of those times. It's a very special time. Tiger Woods had his special time last Sunday. He came back from the dead. His career may be resurrected. All of us have gone through lows and hard times and questionable times. Actually, I've been at the point before where I said, it's not fair, I can't take anymore. I just can't handle this. And I heard a still, small voice say to me, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are my child, you are my child. Lord, I hear that voice right now as I'm praying. I hear your voice calling to us. Come home, come home. All you who are weary and hearts are hurting, lives are broken, I wanna give you a grand and glorious resurrection day. I want to give you a day that's full of glory god bless in this very moment ladies and gentlemen while your heads are bowed and you're praying everyone praying softly under your breath asking god is it me lord is it me are there people here today who'd say pastor i need jesus in my life i need jesus in my life i'm not i'm not embarrassed about this i'm not doing this out of fear. I'm doing it because I just know I need Jesus. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you need him today. Raise him high. Don't be afraid. I need Jesus today. There's no doubt in my life. I see many, many, many hands, many people. He needs you. He needs you. He died for you. He's called your name. He wants your name written in that book of life. He wants you so much. And maybe there's someone here who's slipped away. You used to know him, but he was so close, so real. Such a friend, such a buddy, such a dear one in your life. And for some reason, you've been out on an island all by yourself. He wants to love you. He wants to care for you. He wants you home. Is there anyone here who'd say, I want to come home? I want to come home. God bless you and you. and God bless you. I want to come home. Lord Jesus, you've seen every hand. You know the very deepest thoughts of these people. Some are Christians who are just saying, I, I want more, more, more. Others are seeking to become Christian. May today be their day where they say, yes. Yes, I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Well, Lord, you said in your word, if a man or woman or a child calls upon the name of the Lord, they would be saved. So we call upon you. And then, Lord, there's some who say, I want to come home. I want, I want it back. I want back my friendship. I want back that call. I want my, my buddy system back with the Lord. I want to be able to talk to him. Oh, God, bless each one on this Easter. May this be the moment of truth. May this be that defining moment time in their life where it happened on Easter morning and I said yes and Jesus said I love you, I love you I love you I love you bless each person now in Jesus name I'm going to ask something, one more thing and then you can all go and have a wonderful time with your families and so forth is there anybody who would like to walk up here and say I want to declare it means so much to me in my heart right now I just want to come up here, and I'm not going to ask you to talk, or i are not going to shake you or hurt you, or you're just, going to, you're just going to make a declaration. Get out of that place where you're standing right now and just walk up here. Just walk up here and say, here's my life. Here it is. Here it is. I know it's not easy. If it's easy, everybody would do it all the time. Sometimes you have to do the hard things. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Lord. Oh.